right, I want you to notice verse 19 of Proverbs chapter 3. It says, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul, and grace to thy neck. Thou shalt, then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. The title of my message tonight is Sweet Sleep. Sweet Sleep. I think uh, we all like to sleep. Uh, some of y'all like sleep so much, sometimes I catch you doing it during service, uh, which is not really appropriate, but hey, I've been there, I understand, I've, I've been the one tired uh, in the pews before, so I try not to be too mean and call everybody out or anything like that, but uh, at the same time, I hope this message doesn't put you to sleep tonight, but no, this is a, a sweet sleep is the title of the message. And notice how he's talking about wisdom here. And if you will have wisdom, if you will go after these things, it's going to save you from a lot of trouble. It's going to save you from a lot of heartache. When you lie down, you're not going to be afraid. And it says that your sleep shall be sweet. Because, you know, the truth is, we all sleep. Everybody has to sleep. But sometimes our sleep is not good sleep. And that's a problem. Sleep is very important when it comes to everyone's lives for a lot of reasons. I just looked up some of the health benefits of good sleep and it says um, the reason sleep, getting enough sleep is important is one, it'll cause you to get sick less often. It'll help you stay at a healthy weight. It'll lower your risk for serious health problems like diabetes and heart disease. It'll reduce stress and improve your mood. It'll help you think more clearly and do better in school and at work. It'll help you get along better with people, make good decisions, and avoid injuries. Uh, for example, drowsy drivers cause thousands of car accidents every year. So uh, right there, there's a lot of really important health benefits to good sleep. You know, some of y'all, you try out so hard eating organic and everything so you can be healthy, but then you don't get any good sleep, so you're canceling it out. You'd be better off eating junk. And get some good sleep, in my opinion. And, and, you know, and I'm not a dietitian or a doctor or anything like that, so you can you know, do what you want to with that advice. But either way, you do need to get good sleep. In fact, and if you have trouble sleeping, it said the reason for that is often stress and anxiety. Pain can help you or cause problems sleeping. Certain health conditions like heartburn or asthma, some medicines, caffeine. Oh, man, you know, that, that, that'll affect it alcohol and other drugs, uh, untreated sleep disorders like sleep apnea or insomnia. So um, understand, you know, if you're doing something that is negatively affecting your sleep, that that is bad for your health. Now, I am not here today to declare that everyone who is having trouble is just not right with God. Okay, some of you ladies have trouble sleeping because you're mothers with little kids. Okay, and I mean, how many moms are just like... Remember the last time I had a good night's sleep, okay? Nobody is here to beat you up uh, for this tonight. That is not what we are doing. But would you not be the first ones to admit that when you don't get enough sleep, it negatively affects you, it negatively affects your health, it negatively affects your mood? I mean, it negatively affects everything. And sometimes there's things that, that we, there's nothing we can do about it. There are things that we can't help, 
but they do negatively affect our sleep. And as a result of it, we have all these other problems. I mean, look at your kids. Get your kids. What happens when your kids don't get enough sleep? What happens when they get off their sleep schedule? They turn into Jekyll and Hyde. They turn into maniacs and it's terrible. And, you know, and often too, you know, people who don't have kids or people who haven't had little kids for a long time, they get real critical about parents who, you know, kind of let kids control the schedule and everything for their family. But it's just like, listen, if you have little kids, you understand you get these kids off their schedule. It's bad, you know, and it's already hard keeping kids under control and all these things. And you know what? We're no different when we're adults. When you, you know, aren't getting the sleep you should, you get cranky too. You know, you start getting irritated easy and aggravated. You can't concentrate on your work as much as, as, and things that you need to do. And so that, but the truth is, while a lot of things are not your fault. Okay, again, husbands, if your wife is struggling because she's not getting enough sleep, it's probably because she was up with kids last night while you were in a coma. That's just, so, you know, don't, don't be mean or like, you should listen to Pastor Tommy's sermon and you need to do all these things he said to do in that sermon and then you'll sleep good. No, they'll probably sleep good when, you know, their kids get a little older and sleep through the night. Okay, so I just, I, I need to put that out there as a major disclaimer and I, I really hope no husbands preach at their wives tonight about this. But at the same time, there are things that are not kid related. There are things that are, that can be spiritually related that we can deal with. And if we don't, it will negatively affect your sleep. As a result of that too, it will negatively affect your health. And the Bible says quite a bit about the subject. And so I think it's definitely worth talking about because if I'm going to struggle with sleep, you know, I don't want it to be for some of the things that the Bible talks about. I, I want, and I don't know about you, I like my sleep. I like my sleep. Jason, he likes his sleep. He calls it his deep slumber. Uh, you know, and he has a you know bad schedule where he goes into work at 3:30 in the morning, and so if he doesn't get his deep slumber, you know, the night before, he knows he's going to have a rough day at work. And you know, and he's blessed; he doesn't have kids to take care of, and you know, stuff like that that we do that can mess those things up. But uh, you know, those of us who do have those responsibilities, I get it. You have those responsibilities, but you still need to try to figure out what you can do to keep your health you know, a priority in your life. Because, you know what, none of us are any good dead. You know, and none of us are as good when we're unhealthy, when we're having all kinds of physical problems, mental problems, whatever. And so since sleep affects so many things, you know, we ought to make sure we definitely don't let spiritual things stop us from getting the kind of sweet sleep like David or like uh, Solomon talked about in Proverbs if we will follow wisdom. So the first thing I want to show you Psalms 127. Turn over to Psalms 127 because let me tell you something. When you get married and you have kids, without a doubt, there are plenty of things that you can lose sleep over. My wife and I, we have been singing the blues like crazy lately because of the fact that, you know, here we have kids that are at the stage where they're looking for spouses, which is kind of stressful because if they mess this up, their life stinks. But, but, you know, you're trying to help them plan life. You're trying to help them, you know, navigate all these big, massive, I mean, life-altering decisions. And we're changing diapers. And chasing little kids around. And dealing with temper tantrums and things like that. And it's just like, I don't think you're supposed to deal with both of these things at the same at one time in your life. But, you know, we had kids over a long span of time. And so we're dealing with both of these things. So, you know, we sing the blues about that quite a bit. And the truth is, 
You know, when your kids are little, you can lose sleep because they're up screaming all night, puking all night. But, you know, when your kids grow up, you don't, you don't really stop worrying about them, do you? You know, because the, the, the decisions they're make, they're making affect them so much. I mean, it can, you can, there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff to worry about with kids. It's like, I, you know, I used to think, man, once they grow up, they're out of the house, you know, you don't have to worry about it. It's just going to be such a load off. But then I'm thinking, I'm going to worry about, I'm still going to worry about them. I'm going to worry about my grandkids. I mean, there's a lot of, there's still going to be a lot of things to be concerned over. And so what you have to do, because, you know, is you have to make sure one thing will help you with your sleep is just to trust God when it comes to raising your family. And I know that's an easy thing to say, but look what it says in Psalm 127, verse one, it says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Watch this. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. And then it says, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord. This seems like a contradiction in the Bible. He giveth his beloved sleep, and it says, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord. I thought, I thought children are what take away your sleep. But understand, and again, it's one thing when the kids are puking. It's another thing when the kids are just cranky. It's another thing when the kids are cutting teeth. But, you know, the truth is, a lot of what keeps parents up at night are just worrying about their kids, worrying about the decisions they're making, worrying about rebellious teenagers and all these things. But the truth is, what we've got to make sure we're doing as Christians is understanding that we need God building our house, which means we just need to obey God and we just need to trust what He said. And, you know, while there's a lot of things we can sit up worrying about, we just need to trust that, you know what, God told me how to discipline my kids. I'm doing what God told me to do. I'm teaching them the things of God. I'm keeping them in the house of God, involved in the things of God. I'm just going to trust God to do a work in their life. I'm going to trust God to take care of them. And he says, Lo, children are heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His rewards. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. That person who has his quiver full of children, he'll be someone who's a leader. He'll be the one who's able to negotiate with those enemies because he's like that, those arrows in the hand of a mighty man. That guy will be able to stand there having a big family behind him, backing him up. You're going to go through me. You've got to go through all of them too. That guy's happy. You know what? When that guy has somebody facing him, he's glad he's got that army of children behind him ready to stand with him and ready to fight with him. That's a good thing. You're not going to be ashamed. And the truth is, no, no amount of worry will prevent any evil from coming your way. But, you know, I mean, parents, do you sometimes just feel like your entire day is spent just saving your children's life every five seconds? I mean, good night. Just, you know, all the times the kids are just trying to die and get hurt. You're just trying to avoid those extra trips to the emergency room because you're afraid they're going to start asking questions and doing investigations and, and you just feel like a par- terrible parent. I mean, we've all, we've all been there before where these, where these things happen. And you do. You can just lay up weight. You can eat that bread of sorrow. But did you know no amount of worrying ever prevented anything? You know what you just need to do? You just need to trust God. And that's, you know, I, I, I've been there before. You know, when I remember when we started having kids, I started thinking about all the things that could happen. And it was really freaking me out. And, you know, I mean, you know, if you're out watching, you know, all these murder shows and kidnapping movies and documentaries and things like that, I mean, and some of y'all do that. You watch those things and then you're just convinced, you know, it's going to happen to your kids. And all, and I get it. A lot of things really bad could potentially happen. 
But you know what? It's vain for you to sit up late and rise up early and eat the bread of sorrows. God wants to give His beloved sleep. And you know what I've just, I've tried to get a hold of and I, I, I tried to get a hold of early on in having kids is that you know what? The main thing I just need to do is make sure I'm in the will of God. That was always my thing. Uh, and I don't want anything to happen to my kids. I mean, folks, we understand what a tragedy it is just when your kids get sick, especially when you have a big family. Because then what does it do? It goes through the whole family. You know, and if you just have one kid that pukes, for two nights, or three nights, or whatever, and then you have another kid, you're getting three more nights of it. And I've seen it before. I, I mean, I've, I've been there before where parents, they hear that a sickness is going around the church, and they, they go full 2020 quarantine. You know, they, you know, they lock themselves in their house. We're going to avoid this. And he's like, you know, that's kind of unnecessary. But at the same time, too, they're like, I don't want this going through my house. This is going to be a week-long process. And when you have a family as big as ours, it can make its rounds, and everybody gets it, and then it starts all over again. So that's what it feels like sometimes. But, but at the same time, I just decided a long time ago, you know what? My kids are going to get sick. And you know what? If my kids are going to get sick, they're going to get sick in the will of God. And, and we did. We, we used to go to nursing homes every week. And people are always sick in nursing homes and stuff. I visited hospitals all the time. And I'm just like, no, this is God's will for my life. I am just going to do all the things that I'm supposed to do. And I'm not even going to worry about that stuff. And we've been pretty healthy, you know, and again, stuff happens sometimes. We've all, we all get sick, but you know what? Worrying never prevents anything. And it is, it's vain to worry about these things. Job 3.25 says, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Now, let me ask you. Did Job's worrying about what could happen to his kids stop what happened? No. Now, did it cause what happened? No. God was testing Job. God was doing a work in Job's life. And the thing is, you know what? You're worrying about it. You're laying up at night. It's not going to do anything to prevent it. It's not going to do anything to make it come more. Listen, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Stuff's going to happen and, you know, I, I wish I, you know, I could get up and preach a message about how everyone can make sure nothing bad ever happens to their family. But, you know, I can't find that sermon in the Bible. I, I can't find it. But, you know, I can preach a message telling you how you just need to trust the Lord and he'll give you sleep. And you know what? There are. There's a lot of people laying up at night, negatively affecting their health, worrying about things that could potentially happen. And, you know, there's other people. They're sleeping just fine. They're not worried about it. And it's not because they're careless. You know, Job, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't being careless. You know, he, he, wasn't, he didn't do anything to cause it to happen. And nor was there anything he could do to prevent it. And there are, there are many wonderful Christians who have suffered great tragedies. But you know what? They never lost their joy. While there's other Christians that have never had anything really bad happen to them. And they're miserable. What's the difference? Some people are trusting in God. Some people and the others are just trusting in themselves. Others are just worried about the world around them. And folks, we will never run out of potential things to worry about. What was that show they used to have? Like a thousand ways to die or something like that? And every episode, every episode was like another way, some weird way somebody died. You know, my wife, anytime she hears about a disease, she's convinced she gets the symptoms of it before long. I mean, you know, it's like, and, and I, I've, I've had this conversation with her before and we'll have it again. But one of these days, okay, one of these days, we're all going to die. Okay? One of these days, my wife's going to die. 
And whenever she gets diagnosed with whatever she's going to die of, you know what she's going to say? I knew it. I knew it. You know why? Because my wife has literally thought she's going to have every problem that exists. You know, she's already thought she's had cancer 14 times, you know. And it's just like, you know, eventually, it's like, no, you didn't know anything. You've been dying, thinking you're going to die for the last 20 years. So, and and eventually she's going to be right. But, you know, it it doesn't count. You didn't know it if you were wrong 7,000 times, and then you finally get it right. And and, and she's thought of every possible scenario of ways to die, things that could happen to the kids. Right. Is my wife the only one that's like that? or Am I alone here today? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at your faces. I don't think I'm alone here. But, you know, it, you know, it doesn't help anything. Worry about it. I mean, if you want it to, hey, it makes you feel better taking your vitamins and all that, eating good and all that. I'm, I'm for that. But at the end of the day, I think worry is a bigger killer than just about anything. I think you'd be better off going and stuffing your face at McDonald's regular and living at peace than eating all your healthy food and obsessing and worrying about stuff all the time. Again, that is my unprofessional opinion on that, but I, I, I believe that I'm probably right. And so you need to learn how to just ignore things that you can't help and just leave it to God. Look what it says in Psalms chapter 3. Psalms 3 says, it's a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. And he said, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. I laid me down and slept. And I waked for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. And so notice David, he's talking about all these problems. And David had a lot of enemies. If this was written, when David was fleeing from Absalom, that was a very difficult time in his life. But you know what? He got to the point where he's like, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. And you know what I did? I laid me down and I slept. What's he, what's he saying there? I trusted God. And you know what he said? I awaked. You know what that means? And God came through. I didn't die. I survived. And David got through that crisis. And it wasn't fun. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a pleasant experience. But David got through these things. And that's what we've got to learn how to do. We've got to just understand there are so many potential things out there. I mean, you know, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? We can talk about the IRS. We can talk about, we can talk about you know, the bad police. We can talk about our government. We could talk about all the perverts that are out there. We could, I mean, but folks, literally, what can we do about those things? There's very little. I mean, buy some locks. By all means, do common sense stuff. You know, lock your house at night. You know, exercise your right to keep and bear arms. You know, go do some target practicing. You know, if it makes you feel better, you know, go learn some, you know, Taekwondo or something like that. You know, whatever, whatever makes you feel better. But at the end of the day, how much are we really going to be able to Stop what could potentially come. We can't. But you know what we can do? We can just cry out to the Lord. And you know what? What, Next time you're watching the news, you're getting freaked out. Next time you're watching your conspiracy theory videos, you're getting freaked out because Russia's about to attack us and we're all going to die. You know, what are they spraying? All that stuff. Listen, just cry to the Lord. And you know what? And then go to sleep. Just lay down, rest. And guess what? I think you're going to wake up. 
I do. I, I think you're going to wake up. I don't know. I, I think tonight's the night. Russia's going to get us. North Korea is going to drop a nuke on us. Something like that. You know, okay. But you know what? What can you do to stop it? What can you do about it? You know what? Cry to the Lord. Lay down and sleep. And the Lord, he'll, he'll let you wake up on this side or the, on the other side. <laughs> yeah, either way, you'll wake up. Either way, you'll wake up. We can't really do anything about it. We, what we've got to do is we've got to learn to let God be the pilot instead of the co-pilot. Okay, the God is my co-pilot thing is stupid. That is not that is not the way it's supposed to be. And I think a good you know, and it's better better yet instead of God being the pilot and you being the co-pilot. I think it's just best to let God be the pilot and you just be the passenger. And think about it. Have you ever seen those people? And I, I used to be this way a little bit when I first started flying. Where you do, you just kind of sit in the back and you're just worrying about everything, watching everything. Whenever Allie flies in an airplane, I remember the first time I took her somewhere, she's reading that safety thing. She's, you know, she's watching the people and they're making sure you know where the emergency exit are. She's checking, all right? She wants to know. I mean, I never even know where the emergency exit is. They stand up there on every flight and tell you to check. Here's the emergency exit. Here's how you can, you know, here's where the oxygen mask will come. Here's where the flotation devices are. I, I don't even pay attention to any of it. If, if anything ever actually goes down, I'm going to have to start looking then for the emergency exit because I don't pay attention to it. But Allie, she watches everything. You know, she does. She studies the thing and she'll sit there. She'll hang on tight in the seat. If there's any turbulence, she gets freaked out. I mean, you know, but at the end of the day, when you're a passenger on an airplane, if things go south, what can you do? There's nothing you can do. I mean, is, is it really going to help? I mean, are you going to go yell at the pilot, knock on the door? It's like, hey, you know, I mean, what, what, what can you possibly do or say to help in that situation? You know what? You, all you can do is sit in your seat and relax. And that's what we need to do when things get out of control in our life is we just need to let God be the pilot and we're the passenger. God will get us to where we want to go. And you know what? It's like, like when you're riding in a car. If you can't sleep as a passenger in a car... It's probably because you don't trust who's driving. Okay. How many of you can sleep when your wife's driving? Okay. I, I, I can. Uh, so, some people can't. Okay. And why is it? You don't trust your wife's driving. Now, I don't believe we're required to trust our wife's driving. Okay. You know, I, we're, we're required to trust God. But if you don't trust your wife's driving, I understand. You know, I've actually slept you know, when my kids are driving. I slept with Abby driving one time. So I'm, I'm pretty trusting uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to that. But some people aren't. And did you know that's kind of insulting? And, a man, and so that's how, we need to, that's how we need to think when it comes to life. When we're not able to sleep, when it comes to the things that are not in our hands. Again, some things are in our hands. But there are some things they are only in God's hands. You know what? We can't really affect what the president does. But you know what? The heart of the king, it's in the hand of God. He turneth it as rivers of water, whithersoever he will. We need to learn to just trust God. When it comes to the United States, I mean, I'll do my civic duty. I'll go vote. I'll go pay attention. I'll go do a post against Biden every once in a while. But at, at the end of the day, I'm just trusting God when it comes to this country. Because I certainly don't trust our politicians. And I'm just going to, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm, I'm going to rest. And when you can't do that, it's because you don't trust them. When my wife and I got married, our very first fight we had as a married couple was in New York City. And it's because and, and let me I drove in Chicago all the time back then. I was I I had done a cabinet job, we went to Chicago all the time, but I knew where I was going in Chicago. When we were in New York City, I didn't know where I was going and the traffic was worse and we got stuck in a traffic jam and it was a nightmare. 
and my wife was backseat driving like nobody's business, and it was driving me crazy. And I finally, I told her, I, I, I made her lay her seat down, and I was like, cover your face and leave me alone, because she was, she was freaking me out. Uh, yeah, we, we, we hadn't even been married a week, so I wasn't used to the back seat driving and everything yet. But I was like, I need to be able to drive, and you are not helping me. I mean, you talk about a stressful situation. And, I, you know, and so that was, that was kind of our first fight. And you know what her problem was? She didn't trust me. Okay, now she trusts me a little better when it comes to driving. Uh, if I was in a New York situation again, I still think she'd be hanging on to the seats and uh, offering some commentary every now and then. But at the same time, you know, it is. It's, it's, and it's one thing when we do that kind of thing. Because I can potentially have a wreck. I can potentially get distracted and not see what's coming. But God, He knows what's coming. God declares the end from the beginning. And there are some things where God has told us to just trust Him and a lot of times, those are the things that keep people up at night. The political situation in our country, the, the world you know, political situation, the potential wars and famines and things that could come. You're not going to accomplish anything by setting up worrying about it. Just trust God. Not one bit of worry is going to prevent the next earthquake or the next tornado or anything like that. And folks, anything can happen. Anything can happen but doesn't do anything good to worry about it. So understand, God's not going to let you find peace and comfort in anyone but Him. Proverbs or Psalms four seven says, "Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time when their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for Thou, Lord, only makest me dwell and safely." And notice what He said: "You put gladness in my heart." more than when the corn and wine were increasing. David did not get his joy, his peace, and his sleep from financial prosperity. He got it from God. He's like, Lord, you gave it to me. Lord, you get, you've given me peace. You've made me to sleep. And you've made me to dwell in safely. And you know, most people today, they think if I could just get my finances to a certain point, then I'll be at peace. You know, that's one of the big, biggest things that keeps people up at night. Financial worries. It's one of the biggest causes of stress financial worries. But you know, David said, you made me to sleep more than the time when my corn and wine increased. And did you know, there's a lot of rich people out there that can't sleep. They're under all this stress. A lot of rich people, they got to take medication just to help them sleep. They got to go take a drink of wine or some kind of alcohol or something to help them sleep at night. They got to do some kind of medication just to help them sleep, even though they've got all this wealth, even though they've got all these riches. Maybe what they ought to try doing is just trusting in God. God's not going to let... Listen, if we are His children, and you've got to turn to the bottle to find your peace, you've got to turn to drugs or some kind of medication to find your peace, God's not going to be okay with that. God wants us going to Him for our peace. And you listen, again, I'm not against certain things that make you feel safe. You know what? I mean, my guns that I have in my house make me feel a little safer. But you know what? God ought to make you feel the most safe. That ought to make you feel the most safe. That's what we ought to be looking to. And unfortunately, a lot of people are looking towards other things. There will always be something to obsess over. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So just trust God. God put gladness in his heart. God is the one that gives that peace. God is the one that gives that sleep that is sweet. And so understand, you are not going to get good sleep, too, when you haven't been productive. And now, a lot of these things we've been looking at, they are. They are. Very, they are spiritual things. Things where if we could increase our faith, 
It will help us sleep if we can get closer to God. It will help you be at peace. It will help you sleep. But here's some things too that I think apply, you know, physically. I think this would even, these things would even apply to people who aren't even saved. But Psalms 132 verse 1 says, Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swear unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. And what, what's he saying there? He's just basically saying here that, you know what? I'm going to make this priority. I've got something I've got to get done. I'm not going to allow myself to be at peace. I'm not going to allow myself to be at rest until this need that needs to be taken care of is taken care of. And the truth is, you shouldn't be able to sleep good when you haven't been productive. You know what? If you've been lazy all day, if you haven't got anything done, you, know, you shouldn't be at rest. You shouldn't be able to sleep. And sometimes there are, there are things that we need to do. There's work that needs to be done. And as a result of that, you know, it does, it causes us to sit up and to, you know, lay, lay awake, wondering, you know, worrying about these things. But the truth is, there is a time for sleep, but you know what? There is a time to be stirred to action. And unfortunately, some people, they just have no motivation for anything. And there are, there's a lot of people out there today laying awake at night, can't go to sleep. And they didn't even do anything all day. You shouldn't be able to sleep. You know, you're lazy. If the only thing you accomplished today was playing video games, you shouldn't be able to sleep. What is it? Proverbs 26, 14 says, As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. What does it mean? Just like a door, it turns back and forth, back and forth. Just killed the microphone right here. That's that slothful person in his sleep. What's he doing? He's tossing and turning. Laying awake. Why? He didn't do anything. You know, it's nighttime. It's time to go to sleep. But you didn't do anything all day. You know, some people don't have any right to sleep. Proverbs 6, 1 says, My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go humble thyself and make sure thy friend... Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Listen, you made a bad decision getting involved financially like you did, being surety in that situation. You need to figure out a way to get out of it. You need to make it a priority. Don't allow yourself rest. Don't allow yourself sleep. And obviously, too, you know, when people say things you know, in this context, you know, if I say, you know, I'm not going to rest until I accomplish this doesn't mean I'm not going to get any sleep at all. But it's just basically saying, no, I'm not going to get go into the state of relaxation, the state of vacation, or uh, you know, I'm not going to go into vacation mode. I'm not going to go into retirement mode until this gets accomplished. And let me tell you, there's way too many people today that still, they're working jobs, they're in church, they're going through the motions of things they're supposed to do, and they're trying to do it in vacation mode. Okay? I mean, we all love vacation mode. Who doesn't love vacations? But, you know, some people, they like vacation mode so much, they want to live a life of perpetual vacation. That is not real life. Hey, listen, when you have a family, when you're young, you're supposed to be working. In fact, and then if we go on in Proverbs 6, it says, Go to the anthel sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or a ruler, provideth her meat in the summer 
and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and thy want as an armed man. You know what? As much as I like sleep, I have no business going into retirement mode right now because I don't have any, enough retirement saved up. I've still got a bunch of kids. And if I quit working right now, I'm going to go broke real fast. And we're all going to be hungry. We are going to be in poverty real quick. So you know what? I'm at the time of my life when I've got to be working. I need to be accomplishing something. I need to be getting something done. I need to be trying to get ahead. Because you know what? There's going to come a day when I'm going to want to work less. Because by necessity, I'm going to get older. I'm not going to be able to do as much as I'm able to do now. But we've got a lot of people there. They're, they're not thinking about the future. They're not thinking about what's to come. And you know what they're doing? They're being lazy and their sleep is actually going to cause them to go into poverty. And we've got to make sure that we always keep in mind that, you know what? I've got things to do right now. I've got work to do right now and I'm not going to sleep right now. This is not a time to sleep. This is not a time to slumber and sleep can be bad or a dangerous thing if you've been lazy. It says in Proverbs 24:30, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered his face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and thy want as an armed man. He saw this guy, his, everything was all grown, grown over. He wasn't taking care of it. And you know what? He saw in his wisdom that poverty was coming for that man. You know why? Because he was sleeping when he should have been working. And we need to understand that the best sleep that you get is when you know you accomplished something during the day. And, and I've been there before where, you know, I've not been real productive in a day. Have you ever had one of those days that just got away from you and you get to the end of the day and you're like, I didn't accomplish anything today. And you almost feel guilty. And it's nighttime, you got to go to bed. But you know, there's something satisfying about knowing I got something done today. I accomplished a lot today. I did some work today. And you know what you can do? You can go lay down knowing I earned this deep slumber I'm about to go into. I earned this coma I'm about to go into right now because I, I i did some work i accomplished something i can rest but you know what? you've got to be forward thinking when it comes to that you've got to be looking to the future and so it often seems though that the most unworthy people get the most sleep but you know because i mean think about it when we go to the ghettos what is it we joke about you're safe in the ghettos if you go at like 11 o'clock between one o'clock because they don't get up to like the crack of noon out there you know why? Because they're lazy. You go to these welfare areas, they're not up. You know, you, you, go, you go knocking doors at 10 o'clock in a lot of those places, nobody's answering the door. And they do come answer the door, they're going to be, you know, half out of it, looking like a zombie, not knowing what's going on. But Proverbs 19.15 says, Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. So this person is slothful. They're going into a deep sleep, but folks, it's not a sweet sleep. It's not a sleep that brings satisfaction. It's not a sleep that when you wake up, you're energized and ready to go and to take on another day. The sleep that they get, and and I've, I've known many people like this. I've talked to many people like this. 
They, you go talk to these people. They don't get up till noon, but you know what? They're still in their pajamas during the day and just looking forward to going back to sleep. You know why? Because they're not at rest. They're not at peace. They didn't accomplish anything. Proverbs 20.13 says, Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. And that's the problem. A lot of people, they love to sleep too much. And he said, again, we all, we all need sleep. But again, there's something about uh, that, that person who sleeps six or seven hours a night who is actually working, you know, they often get more productive sleep than that person who sleeps 12 hours who didn't do anything. Why is that? Because they're not getting the sweet sleep. They're not getting good quality sleep. There's no, there's no satisfaction. There's no sense of accomplishment for those people. Let me tell you, don't envy the lazy out there. Don't envy the welfare class that's getting a ton of sleep. And again, I know some of you feel like just for one full night of sleep, it would, it would be so wonderful. And I've been there before where I, I've just gone into some of these houses, you know, so with all the souling we do, all the visiting we do, I've gone into some of these apartments, you know, where people on welfare live. And it's like, you know, you could clean this place up pretty good. They've all got nice TVs. They've got all the video game systems and everything like that. And I've often thought, how would it be to not have any responsibility and to just sit in an apartment and eat and get entertained all day? And some of you think, that sounds kind of nice. None of these people are happy. None of these people are healthy. I mean, folks, the, the health problems that they have, I mean, listen, you don't believe me? You know, I challenge you this week, come with me. We'll, let's go to the high rise here in town and I will take you by some people's places whose lives are nothing but eat, sleep, and watch TV. And you ask if you want to trade with them. I'm telling you, you don't want to trade. Your life with stress, your life with challenges, your life with bills, your life with kids, all these things, I'm telling you, it's way better. Because you know what? You have purpose. And, when, and, and I, I know it gets overwhelming sometimes. And we get tired sometimes even just thinking about it. And there are, there are things we can worry about. But let me tell you, God will get you through these things because you're accomplishing something. Ladies, these nights that you're not getting any sleep because you know, you're taking care of those kids, I know it, it, it does. It's, just, it's overwhelming and it makes you tired. But at least you're accomplishing something. At least you're raising some kids. And, uh, and these kids will. If you stay faithful, if you keep doing what God said, if you let the Lord build the house, these kids are going to bring you joy. These kids are going to bring you gladness and, and you're going to be glad that you went through all these things. But if you know what, if you decide I love sleep, I don't want, I don't want the responsibilities. I'm not going to get married. I'm just going to play the video games. I'm just going to watch TV. You know what? You're going to be alone and miserable in some government housing somewhere. Alone and miserable. And folks, they're not satisfied. I, 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 I'll go take you to one lady's house and we, I, we will talk to her. If we talk to her for 30 minutes, I promise you, she will bring up how the government doesn't give her enough money. That's what she talks about all the time. She will complain about everyone. And it just, it doesn't work. It does not work. It does not make you happy. You know what? Thank God if you have challenges and things right, right now. Bible says in Proverbs 10.5, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. Again, there's a time to sleep, but there's a time to be awake. Harvest time, that's not time to be sleeping. You know, as Christians, okay, as Christians, we're not supposed to be sleeping right now. You know, we are in harvest season right now. We've been in harvest season for 2,000 years. Now is the time of harvest. 
Now is a time of work. We do not want to take a break as Christians. I, I get it as individuals. You're going to take your vacation. Every, you know, I, I hope you understand what I mean. But we should always keep a focus in serving God. We should not take a break from it. We need to stay faithful. Everyone I've ever known who decided to take a break from the ministry, they're still on their break. They, they don't. They, they never go get out of it. So, just those those lazy gamers, they might sleep till noon, but they will always be more tired than the guy that works 8 to 12, 12 hours a day and still goes to the gym and exercises and raises a family. They, that guy has more energy than the guy who plays video games all day. I do. I, I challenge you. You go find the game, guy who plays video games all day, sleeps 12 hours a night. Go find the guy who's working a full-time job, exercising, raising a family, doing all those things who only gets six hours of sleep. He's got more energy than that guy. Who do you think is going to win in the, in the you know, half marathon? Who do you think is going to win in a race? Who's going to win in anything in that situation? It's the guy who's doing the work. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5.12, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There, notice here it's talking about the rich guy who's got more than he needs. That one who's got plenty of food. He won't be able to sleep. You know why? Because he's not doing the work. He's not been busy. But that guy that's been laboring, that guy that's been toiling, that guy that's been earning his sleep. And I'm sure there's probably scientific explanations for why somebody who works hard all day sleeps way better than the person who doesn't. I don't understand all that stuff, but I just know it's a fact. And the Bible even talks about that. So the rich, lazy person who isn't doing any manual labor, they're often the ones taking meds so they can sleep. But we are, we are meant, God intended for us as creatures to have jobs to do. God intended for us as creatures to be busy doing something, not just sitting in front of a screen all day staring at it. That is not what God intended for us. And so you can get, so here's something you need to understand. We've got a lot of people like this in this country. You can get to the point where you are so lazy, you are so worthless, you are so wicked, that not only will you be able to sleep yourself into poverty, but you can even get to the point where you can't even sleep until you've done some wickedness. Look at what it says in Proverbs 4.16, for, for they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they have caused some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. And you know what? There are people out there today. There are those out there who have been given over to a reprobate mind who are so horrible, who are so worthless, who are so vile that not only are they not accomplishing anything in the day of any value, but they need to destroy others. That's why we have these you know, trannies out there doing their drag queen story hours, it's not enough that they just are involved in every bit of debauchery that they could possibly imagine. They need to make sure they hurt somebody else too. And so what do they do? They spend their time going out there trying to pervert the minds of little children, trying to molest children if they can get an opportunity to do that thing. Why do they do this kind of thing? Because they've just gotten so wicked through their life completely obsessed, 100% of giving themselves everything they want. They are to the point now where even though they give themselves everything they want, even though a lot of these people are on welfare and aren't doing anything or just, I mean, but yet still fed and just completely worthless members of society, it's not enough. You know what? I'll never understand 
the reprobate mind, and I don't want to understand the reprobate mind. But you know what? Isn't it interesting that exactly what the Bible says people like that will do, they're out there doing it. That They've already given themselves everything their flesh could want, and they're not satisfied. So what do they got to do? They got to hurt other people. They got to negatively affect other people. So uh, understand, you know, parents, you know, watch, watch with your kids. I get it. When your kids are little, they need more sleep. But, you know, when your boys start getting older, your girls start getting older, they become teenagers and stuff. You know what? Make them learn to get up early. Make them learn to go to bed at a decent hour. You know, you wonder why your kids can't sleep too. You know, why they're sleeping till noon. Well, maybe it's because you let them play video games till 2 o'clock in the morning. That's a terrible habit for them to get into. And there's a lot of people like that out, today, out there today. So there is a time to sleep. There's a time not to sleep. But to get the best sleep or the sweet sleep like we see in the Bible... We need to be someone who is trusting in the Lord. You need to be somebody who is busy serving the Lord. You need to be someone who is a hard worker. If you are going to try to live a life in a perpetual vacation mode, you will never find satisfaction. You will never find the sweet sleep. This flesh can't be satisfied. But I'm telling you, if you will work hard, if you will be productive, God will give you sleep. God will give you the sleep that you need that's of value. In Isaiah 56.10, says the watchmen are blind they are all ignorant they are all dumb dogs they cannot bark sleeping lying down loving to slumber yea they are greedy dogs which can never have enough and they are shepherds that cannot understand they all look to their own way every one for his gain from his quarter come ye say they i will fetch wine and we will fill ourselves with strong drink and tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant you know what they can't be satisfied can they You will never be satisfied. Folks, you'll never be able to go on enough vacations to satisfy your flesh. Stop trying to go into vacation mode. Stop getting too anxious to go into retirement mode. Don't do it before you're ready. You know what you need to do? You need to be productive. You need to be busy. You need to trust God. You need to be serving God. And God will give you rest. God will give you sleep. And I don't think there's anybody out there that loves vacations and days off more than I do. But you know what? I can't enjoy them unless I know I've earned them. And there are, there's been times, so when you're, when you're a pastor, you don't really have somebody making a schedule for you, looking over your shoulder and things like that. You have to be self-motivated. And there's been times where I felt like I slacked off. And when I, when I do, when I've had those weeks where I'm like, I didn't really accomplish much this week, I feel terrible. And I don't sleep as good. I sleep the best. I am the happiest when I know I've been busy. I know I've been earning my paycheck. I, I know I'm accomplishing something. And we're all like, we're all like that unless you're some, one of these people have been given over to reprobate mind. You know, unless you're just somebody who's completely worthless and useless. And I don't know about you. I want that good sleep. I want to be healthy physically. I want to be healthy mentally. And I, and I, and and we all need our sleep, but you're not, you can't force it. You have to have earned it. You have to accomplish something and you got to have faith and trust in the Lord. And so hopefully this mess will be a help and a blessing to you. And so with that, let's pray to your Lord. Thank you so much for your wonderful word that you've given us. I pray you'll help us to follow these things in here. Help us, Lord, to just learn to trust you with the things that we can't help, Lord. There's so many things out there the news media is telling us to worry about. And, Lord, we can really get wrapped up in these things. But, Lord, help us, I pray you'll help us to just go to sleep when it comes to these things and trust in you and let you take care of these things that are beyond our control. I pray you'll help us when it comes to areas we're supposed to be working. That you'll help us to be diligent. You'll help us to... Uh, earn that sleep and i pray you'll give us that uh, that rest 
that we need that sweet sleep that your word talks about. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.